Shit has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2pm. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2pm. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. 
And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer burgers, tater tots, tachos corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2 Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for eight bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val here at MutinyRadio.fm, broadcasting live from the Mission District of San Francisco, sending love around the planet uh, because we need it and you deserve it. Anyhow, it is May 25th. Wow, it's our last 
Friday in May here, 2018. And uh, it's a good day to be here in the Mission District. Little little um, little weather report on in the Mission District. A little cloudy, high clouds out there, um, but kind of warm, and the air is very fresh, and uh, that's always good. I was coming out of downtown San Francisco, and you know, just just walking around with so many cars whizzing by, and then going down into a dark uh, or poorly lit uh, tunnel. Uh, with all sorts of particulate flying around in the air. It's definitely not my favorite thing to do. But then once you surface and you you come outside and somewhere, wherever you are in San Francisco, you're probably going to get a little bit of ocean air. So thank goodness for all of that. Uh, We are grateful for all the things that we have. Gratitude is the way to be, uh, certainly when we're facing so many things that want us to, um, you know, give up and uh, live in despair and fear. But we know we can't do that on a day-to-day basis. Um, Anyhow, happy Friday. I was, uh, speaking of um, meditations of of life, um, I I, I like to garden and I like to uh, encourage other people to plant a garden wherever you may be. You don't need a big area. You could get, you know, an old uh, bus tub from a restaurant, you could find a, you know, an, a, a box or something um, that you can put a little soil in, throw some seeds into, and watch things grow. Uh, we're very lucky, of course, here in California and in the Bay Area to have a kind of a year-round uh, climate for that. Um, different different things grow at different times of the year, of course, and certain things do need to be planted at you know the right time. But you can always plant. greens like chard or kale or um, whatever you, you know, one little thing. You can plant carrots all year round. They'll grow. Um, So I I do want to encourage you um, out there to, you know, you might look around and say, I don't really have much space. But I like to remind folks that you can plant a garden in the area the size of your TV. So uh, get together with some folks too. Maybe you share a little walkway or a yard uh, with other people in your building. There's a little bit of outdoor space. Get a, get a flower pot. Um, throw some beet seeds in it. Um, so the meditation part of it, because it is really meditative too. Get your hands in the, in the soil. And uh, I, I was gardening just the other day, just doing some watering and um I've started some new methods because the gophers come from underground. And even if you put like a chicken wire down, like a few years ago, they're just going to bust through. So, um, I've been doing a lot of above ground gardening this year. So I have these cool, like eco sacks or bags that you can plant things in and you can move them around, which is really convenient. You know, as the sun moves through the sky throughout the seasons, you can like shift it over, get more sun. Um, and so, uh, when I first started gardening several years ago, um, actually my brother and I would do it and he kind of had the idea to plant a garden, uh, in San Francisco out, out by the beach. And we all looked at him like, what do you mean? This is like fog city. Um, what's going to grow out here? And we had that first year, we had this amazing, huge garden. There were like four different tomato plants that were giving. We had, we literally had like 30 pumpkins that we grew, um, and chard and, uh, so many, so many things. And so when we first started doing it, 
we would just kind of like put seeds in the ground, like as, as many as we could, just hoping that something would grow. And, uh, but this year I, you know, I've been doing my little kind of concentrated little planter box things and, uh, actually following the instructions on the seeds bags. And really, if they tell you to just put one seed, that's really all you need. So as, as we refine ourselves, we refine our methods, we get better and we see the fruits of our labors. This is Women's Magazine, and that's what we're all about. Inspiration, empowerment, um, just through the simple practice of being and being our best selves, even in dark times. Here's a little more music for you from the Troublemakers Union who helped open up this show. I'll be right back.
for these fools Maybe even build my own school Cause I refuse to be a fool Maybe someplace Somewhere That's cool I'll say cool instead of cool constant struggle. Well, we hope it's not all consuming, but it is an ongoing struggle. Absolutely. Uh, you're listening to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco's Mission District, Friday, May 25th, 2018. And uh, I'm Global Val, and I've been doing a lot of political coverage over the past several weeks. Um, and I hope you'll go to my blog and check it out. All the links to all the different candidates who uh, we've been interviewing here on Women's Magazine and also on the Common Thread Collective. You should check out globalval.blogspot.com. And the first thing that pops up is my election season coverage. So I'm not going to um, harp too much on the election this day. Um, but I, I will remind everybody that election uh, is coming up June 5th. Um, here in San Francisco, we're voting for mayor. Uh, we have several propositions on the ballot. Uh, we're also voting for some local judges. And also, um, the we're, we're also voting in primary election for District 12 here in San Francisco that's currently occupied by Nancy Pelosi, and um, there are several challengers uh, to that seat who are running who are on the June fifth ticket. Um, some of them will be right here at Mutiny Radio next Friday, June first, uh, for the Common Thread Collective between three and four thirty p.m. We're going to be doing it in the first hour, hour and a half of the show that day. Um, a few folks who are coming in to talk about their campaigns and why they're running against Nancy Pelosi. Um, but I do want to give credit to Nancy Pelosi for being kind of a, you know, kind of a first wave of women who uh, really kind of joined. Joined, uh, you know, Congress um, as representatives and as senators and things like that. Uh, positions that definitely we need uh, more uh, variety of voices in. Um, 
whether they be more women's voices or, um, you know, more people who have grown up uh, not privileged, um, so to speak, uh, either economically or, you know, socially in some way, shape or form. Um, so, uh, definitely it's women's magazine. we got to give credit where credit is due, but, uh, certainly we see that the establishment type of politics that we've been dealing with for past, you know, generation or so, uh, hasn't really ultimately served us too well. Um, we see that the, the president who shall not be named, uh, is in office right now, uh, because, well, he, he won three states worth of, um, electoral college votes, uh, that pushed him over the edge, um, into the electoral college win. Um, but really the number of votes that that represented was 0.09% of the total votes cast in that election. Uh, also, in other words, 107,000 votes, uh, which made him the president. So um, if you're out there being cynical about voting, uh, just know that every vote actually does count. Um, and so uh, definitely get out there and vote. If you have failed to register, well, it's your lucky year because California is now allowing you to register on the same day. So if you go to your local county um, precinct on, vo on uh, voting day, which is Tuesday, June 5th, you can actually register and vote that same day for the first time in California. So go do it and do your homework. And you could check out globalval.blogspot.com for links. And I will help you do your homework because I've interviewed uh, several candidates here and uh, discussed the different propositions on the San Francisco ballot locally and in the, on the California ballot. So that's my, that's my uh, little two cents about election season. Um, but as we speak in, in terms of government, of course, the three branches of government, the executive branch, yeah, being the office of the president, the cabinet, the legislative branch being the House of Representatives and the Senate, we're talking federal government. And then, of course, the third branch being the judiciary, the courts. So there was a big decision this week coming out of the Supreme Court. Oh, so supreme. Um, so the Supreme Court made a decision this week in a case called Epic Systems versus Lewis, which held that by statute, companies can require employees to submit certain claims against them to arbitration. Um, so you know how even as a customer, uh, if you sign a contract, for example, like if you sign up for a new phone, and I hope you read the fine print, but in the fine print, if you case you don't, fine print usually says if, if there's any sort of dispute that uh, by signing this contract, you agree as a customer that you will go through the company's arbitration system uh, process um, uh, and kind of submit to their uh, requirements for arbitration of whatever kind of claim you bring against them. Um, well, the same is true uh, in many cases with employment. So if you sign a contract when you're hired, um, you may actually sign that any dispute you have with the company as your employer, you agree to go through arbitration um, as opposed to um, suing them outright, you know, from an outside, um, in, in 
in a legal court of law. Um, anyhow, it kind of basically uh, signing to an arbitration agreement kind of limits you to the to the way that you may bring about uh, any sort of claim against whether it be a company that you're a customer of, or in some cases, uh, a company that you work for. Um, so um, this decision here in Epic Systems versus Lewis um, said that, basically said that companies can uh, require um, employees to submit certain claims against them just via arbitration. Um, this also uh, diminishes uh, workers' ability to take part in class action lawsuits, um, which is a big deal because, um, sure, if you have a problem with your employer and you want to sue your employer, well, you can go out and you can get a lawyer and you can pay tons of money to try to bring a, a, a claim against the company. And if you win, you're actually more likely to get a bigger payout than if you are part of a class action lawsuit where the lawyers get a big bulk of the money the the um, any monies that are awarded are distributed amongst all the people who are part of that class action lawsuit so you may not get very much out of whatever that is however you also have not gone out of your way to spend your time and money to hire a lawyer and to take take a case to court um so this is um this was a five to four decision um in the supreme court and uh yet another example of how um corporate power has been growing um, and worker power has been diminishing. So uh, this is a serious state of affairs in our country um, and yet another reason to be involved, um, pay attention, work together. Um, you know, this is not to say that this couldn't be overturned at some point, uh, but as it stands, uh, we see more and more um, you know, power going into the hands of, of corporations and companies and uh, it being stripped, stripping um, consumers and employees of certain rights. So it is a, a, a serious state of affairs in the United States, these United, United States. Um, yeah, so that's bad news. Sorry. <laughs> I like, I like to give good news as much as I can, um, even when we discuss you know, harder, harder things to swallow. Um, but yeah, so this uh, Epic Systems versus Lewis is being, uh, you know, facetiously referred to as an epic fail on the part of the Supreme Court. Um, it harkens back to laws that existed before a lot of our modern labor laws existed. So... Um, you know, it could be overturned. There's our upside. You never know. Um, but we got to get people into elected office um, who are willing to uh, stand up to, you know, Supreme Court appointments. Um, Neil Gorsuch, who was appointed by the sitting president right now, um, he was he was a judge in the case of Hobby Lobby, which um, basically allowed um, the religious freedom of a business uh, to undermine a woman's access to birth control if the 
religious beliefs of the business and the business owners um, did not believe that birth control was something that was important uh, or that should be used um, um, by women. And, and um, yeah, Gorsuch was part of was uh, involved in that case. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was he now he's part of the Supreme Court. And lo and behold, he voted for corporate power again. So this is what we're dealing with. Um, but we're going to make it through. Somehow, I know how. Let's play some music. See? 
You're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. That was more music from the Troublemakers Union and uh, off of their album called Fight Back. And uh, during the break, I was reflecting upon, you know, the previous story about the Supreme Court making a pretty horrendous decision in terms of uh, workers' rights and in this country, labor rights. Um, but one of the ways that, you know, people as can can stand up to uh, injustices or um, affronts to our humanity uh, are definitely coming through in very creative ways. Um, and here, of course, at Mutiny Radio, we're, we're artists. We're a community of artists. Um, we want you to come in and be part of our uh, community so that we can let give you a platform for free speech, freedom of expression, um, all of those fantastic First Amendment rights. Um, and, and so we can explore these different ideas and, and, and see kind of how do, we, how do we work our way out of some of these dilemmas um, that we face. So I was inspired this week. Here's some good news. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to Yes Magazine, um, or you should check out Yes Magazine, it will definitely... Um, uh, bring you uplifting stories. Um, Yesmagazine.org, powerful ideas, practical actions. Um, so I, I love Yes Magazine uh, because they actually, they're, they're very good writers and they, they talk about the good things that are going on. Because if you just watch the news, it looks like we're going to nuclear war with Korea, but I don't um, really put a lot of weight into the mainstream media. So I'm going to Yes Magazine and seeing what is actually working on this planet. There's an, uh, an article that came out just the other day by Janice Cantieri called Indigenous Women Built uh, Tiny Houses to Block a Pipeline and Reclaim Nomadic Traditions. So um, if you happen to tune into Women's Magazine back on May 11th, we were talking with the founder of Tiny Fest which is coming up in June, June 15th, 16th, 17th at the Santa Clara County Fairgrounds, tinyfestcalifornia.com. Um, so tiny homes are, are kind of a, a trend um, and an interest for a lot of folks who are wanting to downsize their lives or, um, you know, live more simply and also have a place that they can take different places. Um, there's a lot of kinks in the game because a lot of places actually don't permit little tiny homes to be on site in various places. So, uh, you know, things are working, the, working, working that out. But I came across this article about these indigenous women in Canada who have built these tiny homes um, and are putting them in the way of the um, Kinder Morgan pipeline that has been put on hold, which is also good news. Um, people power reaction to a, a giant pipeline. Um, uh, so they've backed off. Um, but of course, we know that they're regrouping in some way, shape or form. Um, so indigenous women of the, I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly. So I apologize. Uh, oh, there's so many C's and W's together. Sequemic. Sepawamek Nation. Sepawamek. I'm going to go with that. Sorry if I'm... You can call me and tell me how to say that. 415-550-0511. I'll only say it one more time. Sequapamek Nation. 
Uh, They're calling themselves the tiny house warriors and they plan to strategically place these tiny homes in the pathway of the proposed Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Um, artist and activist Kanahus Manuel, who co-founded the Tiny House Warriors, said, Our women came together to specifically address how we would launch our fight against this pipeline. When we saw that we were able to build these tiny houses so fast, we came together to really develop a strategy for how we're going to fight against this pipeline coming into our land. Uh, these tiny homes have the potential to have a big impact for these communities. The houses are being used as symbols of resistance. Um, they also have these beautiful paintings on them. Um, and they're also providing something more tangible, affordable, efficient housing that could revitalize their nomadic lifeways. The houses are solar powered, fitted with composting toilets and wood burning stoves and are completely fossil fuel free. And they're on wheels. Uh, according to Kanahus, the small movable houses are also bringing back elements of the nomadic hunter cultural, hunter gatherer culture. Um, her twin sister, Mayuk, and women um, in the Sequipemic Women Warriors Society founded the group after returning from Standing Rock in 2016, where they participated in indigenous resistance efforts against the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, there, a native youth group from Portland, Oregon, constructed a tiny house for Kanahus and her children within one week. Um, so the women were inspired when they returned home. Uh, they considered how to use tiny homes in their own fight. Um, Indigenous-led actions against the controversial pipeline have been ongoing since 2010, but cohesive actions along the pipeline route started up again in March when tribes came together to build a traditional watch house in the pipeline's path. If the expansion is completed, it would nearly triple the amount of oil transported through unseated, unseated Indigenous territories from the Alberta Tower Sands to Vancouver. So this is a really important point. Um, these are territories in Canada that were never signed away to the Canadian government. So many of the tribes throughout North America uh, were forced into signing these compacts or treaties and, and signing the, away their land. This land was never signed away. And yet it's part of Canada. And yet these pipelines want to go through this territory. So that is an interesting um, kind of unique uh, situation um, f for those particular tribes. Um, I want to read you a little bit more uh, from this article um, because uh, it's, it's not just about um, having these houses that they can be moved. It's because um, one of the people who started this, um, Kanahus, uh, became a vocal environmental activist after witnessing several environmental disasters occur on her territory in British Columbia characterized by mountains and an island temperate rainforest. One of the worst disasters was the 2014 Mount Pauli mine disaster, where 350 million cubic feet of wastewater from the Imperial Metals Mine leaked into Kessinal Lake. The spill contained high levels of arsenic, lead, copper, and nickel. Kind of who said no one could stop the sludge from going right into our salmon run. Our women had to get evacuated from picking huckleberries, and the corporations that are responsible for disasters like this one often operate without indigenous consent 
Unlike, as I said, other indigenous communities in other parts of North America and Canada, many indigenous communities in British Columbia never ceded their titles to uh, the territories. This is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so um, one of these women actually had a house that was um, in the way of a... a a different um, mining construction project and her house was actually torn down. Um, and so they, they, they're using this idea of tiny homes as uh, not only an act of resistance along the pipeline route, but also if they actually have to move them, they can, and they won't be losing their homes in a way. So the tiny, ho tiny uh, houses are definitely more than just a trend. Uh, they are an act of resistance. So tiny house warriors, indigenous women, you go. So that's the good news. I wanted to give you guys some good news today. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a weird world. Here's a little poem for you. I'll play some more music. Peace, at least, at least, at least. In the colorful circle of life, life-giving beauty realized and released, shared exuberance for an active presence, generated energy. You can't rehearse this. It is an active practice. music from the Troublemakers Union. Thanks for tuning in to Women's Magazine today. I'm Global Val, and it is election season. I just can't get away from it. As much as I kind of try to back away, I just can't seem to do it. All right. So um, I've gone to several of the mayoral candidate forums, and, um, you know, we have a really interesting slate of candidates up for uh, the position of mayor this time around. Um, since Mayor Ed Lee died in December, this is a special election. Um, however, there will also be another election held for mayor in 2019. So what's interesting is that, um, you know, incumbents or people who are already in the office uh, have an advantage when it comes to elections. Um, they're usually reelected. And so whoever is elected this time, uh, because the current acting mayor is not running for mayor, um, whoever is elected this time, they get kind of this, you know, 18 month shot at being the mayor. But also, they also would give them an advantage in 2019 to, uh, to win in that election as well and serve out a full term. Um, 
So that's a four-year term. And then they would be eligible to run again, serving another four-year term. So some of the hysteria uh, surrounding this particular mayor's race is that whoever is elected this June 5th uh, could potentially be the mayor for the next like 10 years in San Francisco. Um, I like to look at it in a slightly different way. Imagine that. Um, you know, you could vote for whoever you want in this election and they get 19 months. If they win, they get 19 months to prove themselves. And if they don't do a good job, then somebody else is going to win the next time. I don't think it's an absolute uh, when it comes to incumbency. Uh, sure, it's an advantage, but uh, never say never, folks. Um, so if you haven't really been paying attention uh, too much or too closely, or you've been hearing this and that and this and that and the other thing, um, but nothing comprehensive, if you want to go and check out, there's going to be yet another mayor's forum tomorrow, Saturday, May 26th from 3 to 5 p.m. This time it is uh, at the War Memorial Veterans Building. It's being hosted by the San Francisco Veterans Affairs Commission. Um, so probably a focus on um, veterans affairs there, or at least candidates will certainly be speaking to that point amongst their other talking points. Um, so again, that's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Um, and you can go and meet the candidates for mayor. Um, it is, speaking of veterans, it is a three-day weekend here because it's Memorial Day on Monday. Uh, Memorial Day, um, a day to remember our veterans, uh, people who have died in war. And uh, as we, we look at, um, again, the hysteria that we see coming out of Washington, D.C., uh, the um, almost enthusiasm for going to war um, is, is rather disgusting. Um, you know, when you have uh, North Korea, who's, always been threatening nuclear uh, attack uh, with the U.S. and actually having the U.S. president and the head of um, state, um, the secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, who was the CIA director for, you know, a year or so under the uh, this new administration, um, say like, well, you know what? We're ready for him. I mean, just just horrendously morally irresponsible people um, who actually have some decision, the decision-making um, authority. Uh, it is something to worry about. Um, and I have to say, just on a side note, when I watched Mike Pompeo's uh, confirmation hearing as the director of the CIA, um, you know, back in the uh, the early days of the Trump presidency, um, I was like, wow, these guys really dipped pretty far deep into their like frat boy, uh, um, you know, circle and got like this chucklehead guy. I mean, he was like literally like laughing, uh, chuckling, um, nervously, uh, not really able to answer any questions, uh, just kept saying what people had told him to say. Uh, he was like a really bad witness. Um, and yet, of course, he got, um, you know, he passed and was the head of the CIA. And then um, uh, Trump recently fired um, Rex Tillerson, who was the Secretary of State 
former CEO of ExxonMobil, um, and then brought in my good old Mike um, to be a secretary of state. And these guys are just like a couple of clowns, I must say. Um, but anyhow, uh, this is who we're dealing with. So as I was reflecting on the disgusting uh, drive to war, um, the readiness of, of so many um, to continue to feed the military industrial complex machine and all of the companies who make the weaponry and uh, weapons of war. And then to think about Memorial Day, which is this patriotic holiday um, for the United States and, and remembering the people who have died in war. Oh, my response was I had to write a poem. So here's it is. It's called Memorial Day. In a lead up to war, I don't want any more dead soldiers to remember. There have been enough to remind us that it is a horrendous endeavor. No human should have to suffer shock, violence, or any bloody reminders, whether in day or in nightmares. We can't just stand by and stare as profiteers continue to not care about health, wellness, and lost years plaguing another generation. It's time to take the nails out of the coffin, to offer humane solutions, not in the fake promise of sun someday, but immediately. Put down your arms and open them. Walk into the embrace of a stranger in a strange land. Reach for a hand. Stop handing out contracts and carte blanche to war criminals walking around as a CEO or some sad kingpin of a ghetto trying desperately to stand above. Just love. Que dejó el ayer
You're listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val, MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco. Just a few more minutes here on Women's Magazine, and then you're welcome to come and join us for the Common Thread Collective. We're right here on the corner of 21st and Florida Streets in the Mission District of San Francisco. So um, a couple weeks ago was Mother's Day, and uh, I was so, you know, enthralled in other topics that I I didn't really properly take the time to uh, acknowledge Mother's Day. And it is Women's Magazine. Um, Although uh, not everyone is a a birth mother, so to speak, um, to give birth. But we definitely, no matter who you are, you are definitely giving to the world. And I hope that you're getting a lot back as well. So I wanted to read you part of the the original Mother's Day proclamation by Julia Ward Howe uh, that was written um, at the, oh, that's a weird background noise here, um, in 1870, and which explains um, the goals of the original holiday of Mother's Day, which is an anti-war uh, holiday. So, uh, Julia Ward Howe. Mother's Day. Arise, all women who have hearts, whether your baptism be that of water or of tears. Say firmly, we will not have great questions decided by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands shall not come to us reeking with carnage for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We women of one country will be too tender of those of another to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of the devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor, nor violence indicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. Let them meet first as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. 